Welcome, welcome, welcome for the first time to the Strengthened Hands podcast. I am Nehemiah Baldwin. I am so excited to be hosting today. Question of the day. This is for all you gentlemen out there. What is the one accomplishment that you are most proud of today? As men, we are most often driven by goals. We're very goal-oriented. And there are a lot of women who are goal-oriented too, but with guys, we we have that innate desire to just want to work and accomplish things and get things done. So I want to know what is your biggest achievement up to this point in your life? Mine, I would have to say, is just preparing myself to get married at a young age. Um, I actually never looked at myself as someone who would get married young. I didn't know when I wanted to get married, who I wanted to get married to, but I prepared myself. I prepared myself nonetheless. I saved up money. I developed a work ethic. I didn't shy away from doing hard things because I knew that they grew character. And here I am, uh, 21 years old. I'm married. I've been married for about a year now. And it has just been a great joy of my life. And I am so excited to carry out the rest of my life. Just hopefully, I'm, I hope for 60, 70 years with my wife, just because we got married so young. And uh, so that would be the greatest achievement that I have accomplished so far. Um, I have a lot of goals. This right here, what you're listening to uh, and watching, if you're watching on my YouTube channel, this is one of my goals, um, one, of, one of my achievements. Uh, just to get this started. So I'm so glad that you guys are joining me. I want to tell you a little bit about myself and why I am starting the Strengthened Hands podcast. Um, I was a gymnastics coach, an instructor for about four years. I quit when I was 20, right before I got married. And I worked with kids from the ages of, uh, man, five to 15, 16, 17, But for the most part, I was working with kids who are about 9 to 15 years old. And I really had a heart for those older group of boys, Um, really young men, but uh, I just loved them so much. I loved being around them. I loved hearing their talk. I loved their jokes and just the the joy that they had in life. And I remember when I was young, um, younger, I should say, when I was about 17, 18, those were some of the biggest uh, times of growth in my life. I just remember diving deep into a lot of things, but diving deep mostly into the things of God and wanting to learn how to become the, uh, a better man, the man that God wants me to be. And so I have I, I poured myself into that for many years and I'm continuing to do so. And so I want to try to springboard some of those young guys that I know and I'm still mentoring. I'm, I'm a youth leader at my church. I want to take these guys further faster than I ever went. And so that's why I'm starting the Strength and Hands podcast to just come along, young guys, give them some biblical counsel. I am not a um, pastor. I, I have no credentials, but I do have a heart for teaching. And I want to tell you a little bit of my testimony just to say why this is so important. So when I was about 15 years old, that is when my faith became real to me because I went to a summer camp. And the pastor was preaching out of Hebrews. And the passage specifically that really caught my attention that day was Hebrews 5.12. And it says this, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. 
For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice, distinguishing good from evil. So when that hit me, when I was sitting there in that pew, 15 years old, I realized that I had been living my Christian faith walk over and over and over, year after year, without much growth. And so that, uh, that verse was essential for me. That was kind of the turning point in my, in my Christian faith walk that really showed me that I need to take my faith seriously. And though I'm not old, though I'm not wizened necessarily, I, I believe that it's, it's our duty to teach what we know. And so here I go, here I go. Um, here on the Strength and Tans podcast, I want you to know that I'm doing my best and I will do my best to be authentic, to be exactly who I would be if you were to meet me in person. And I'm not going to pull any punches with the topics that I go through. And I would love to hear, I would love to hear what you guys want me to talk about because uh, I know what, what I've gone through, but I don't know what you've gone through. And maybe we've gone through the same thing, but I wouldn't think to make a podcast episode about it. So please, please, please get in contact with me. Send me, send me a comment on the YouTube if you're watching this. Um, or I think that you can post comments on the, uh, the podcast platform when it gets posted. But just send me, send me uh, some comments just saying what you want me to talk about. Because this is for you. This is not for me. This is not to get popular. This is really for those gym boys and my youth boys. So um, the first topic that I'm going to be going through is masturbation. I told you I'm not going to pull punches. Um, so I struggled. I struggled for a long time with this issue. This is a mainly guy issue, which, um, well, maybe not mainly, but it is certainly a big guy issue, especially for um, guys in this age bracket where I was a couple of years ago. Um, I struggled with this. I struggled with the right and the wrong of it. I struggled with conquering it. I struggled with the effects, how it affected my life. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about, is masturbation okay? Is it, is it wrong? Should I stop? How can I stop if it is? So let's just, let's just dive into it. A little backstory about me and my journey with masturbation. I first masturbated, I think, when I was 15 or 16. When I did it, I was actually very, quite sheltered. I didn't actually know what I was doing. I just knew that it felt good and this was something new. And I never struggled with things like pornography. Praise the Lord. I don't, I don't even know how I avoided that. In this culture, it's so pervasive and ubiquitous that I just, I was just truly blessed to not have to deal with that. Uh, I know a lot of guys do, but that's not to say that I didn't have sexual struggles of my own. And this is evidence of that. When I, when I would masturbate, I was not affected by um, the mental picture of, of a specific woman, you know, specific sexual acts. I just knew that what I was doing felt good. And so um, this is kind of where the right and the wrong started to, started to come into my mind. Is this okay? Is this not? Because I wasn't, I wasn't fantasizing about people. And this is true. I, I would purposefully 
say, no, I know that it's wrong to lust. I've read that in scripture. But is it wrong to masturbate when you're not fantasizing about someone? Is it is it okay just to experience the bodily function? Is it um, bad if you're just practicing, you know? And so I struggled with masturbation for about a year. It, it became pretty effective in my life. And what I mean by effective is that it would, it would affect the way I lived. I would schedule my days around it because I usually, uh, actually always, I would, I would do it in the shower because it's easy cleanup, but um, I would do it in the shower. So I would, I would schedule my showers around times when people weren't around or weren't going to bother me or um, wouldn't somehow intrude or know what I was doing because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed about what I was doing because I felt that it was wrong but I wasn't quite sure. And if you clicked on this podcast or clicked on this video because you want to know the right and the wrong, um, I'm very glad that you're here because I think that I have found the answer. And I don't want you to just take it from me, so I'm not going to give it to you right now. I'm not going to give you the answer. You need to follow um, the biblical principles that I'm about to lay out to know, is this okay or is this not? So I, I do want to start at the very beginning. And what I mean by that is we're going back to Genesis when God created the heavens and the earth. Because when God created the heavens and the earth, he also created mankind. And with mankind, there came sexual uh, processes. And so we're going to look at the origins of sexual process. So Genesis 1, verse 27 through 28, says this about man being created with sexual desire. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So right there we have sex. That's the first mention of sex in the Bible. Um, It says, be fruitful and multiply. All right. How can you be fruitful and multiply without having sex? You can't. All right. That's just basic biology. Um, I want to look back at this word blessed. It says, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The Hebrew word for blessed in this case is Barak. And it's in direct reference. It's used in direct reference to the action of being fruitful and multiplying, i.e. sex. And how do we know that? Because um, he also uses that in verse 22 in reference to the animals. It says, uh, he, God said to the animals when he created them, be fruitful and multiply. So when God created human beings and animals, he gave them sex. He gave them the ability to reproduce, to be fruitful and multiply, and he blessed that. So there we have our first principle is that God blesses sex, okay? And sex specifically between two individuals, specifically male and female, okay? So let's let's go and break it down even further. Genesis 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. So if Genesis 1 wasn't enough to convince you that God blesses a union between a man and a woman having sex, then Genesis 2 specifically tells you that it is not good that man should be alone. Okay, so we know that now. God doesn't want us to be having sexual relations um, by ourselves. He wants us to be fruitful and multiply. That is where the blessing comes. The blessing doesn't come unless man is not alone. 
Okay. So we've established that God wants us to have a partner for procreation, a husband or a wife. So does this mean that masturbation is wrong? And in a word, yes. Yes, it is wrong. Because you are not using your sexual body um, in the way that God intended it. It is outside of his scope of what he wants. It's not just something for our pleasure. And we're going to see that. We're going to dive into that. How how we're not supposed to just use our bodies for our own pleasure. All right, because this is the sticking point. Maybe you can get behind, okay, God blesses um, the action of sex. He blesses man and a woman having sex. But you're, now your flesh is starting to kick in and say, no, 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 I can still do this. I, it's, it's, not, it's not bad. It's just not the best. Not the best is not good. That is, that is actually the definition of sin. It's falling short. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, even if it's just by a little bit. That's what sin is. So we're going to look at Romans again to talk about not serving our flesh and where that principle applies. And this is the principle that is kind of the um, silver bullet for masturbation. So Romans 6, verses 12 and 13. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Okay, so... First verse, verse 12, I would say this is the more potent verse in terms of just a quick, um, is it right? Is it wrong? Okay. So let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. So we as human beings, we are filled with passions. We are filled with all kinds of passions, not just sexual passion for um, sports. We have passion for family. We have passion for business endeavors. We have passion for food. We have passion for, um, you, you name it. Okay. We've got passion. If you are in the habit of masturbating, you know that this is kind of what it feels like is that you are obeying your passion to masturbate. It, it rules your mind. It rules your thoughts. It rules your, um, it just rules your day. You know, if you haven't done it in a day or two, it, it just becomes like this all-consuming thought. And you're just like, man, I really just have to do this thing. That is you obeying a passion. This is something we cannot do. This is something we cannot do. And this can be applied to all things. So even if you're not in the habit of masturbating, this podcast is still for you because we're talking about idol hunting here. We are talking about seeking out the things that we have taken to the place where they take place of God in our lives, that they are more important than God in our lives. And this can be anything, any one of those things that I listed, you know that sports taken to, taken to the extreme can be an idol and it can distract you from the things of God. You know that food, that's where gluttony comes in. You know that, um, business endeavors, you know, you'll tread over people to, to get what you want. These are all idols in our lives and we cannot obey the passions of our flesh. Now we move on to verse 13. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as though you have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So what this verse is talking about, this is talking about the idea 
of, okay, can I do something that's not exactly what God intended, but I still want to do it? And the answer is no. No, you have to use your body in a way that is brought from death to life. There is no in the middle. There is no, ah, but I really, I really just feel like I know, I know I probably should only have sex or, or experience, um, orgasm or whatever when I'm, when I'm with my wife, but uh, is it really bad? Yes, because you have to submit your members to God and we fall short of that all the time, but that doesn't mean we stop fighting. Romans 6, 16. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey, either of sin, which leads to death. Okay, keep that in mind. Sin leads to death, all right? It's not an immediate thing, but it, in this case, it's a slow death. It's like you just lose yourself in your sin. It's, it's, you're not even, you're not even a person anymore. You're just this craving machine that just wants what it wants when it wants it, and you become selfish. Either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you have been committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. Again, this is you shooting for the best, not just the in-between what you want. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you have presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. So, presenting your members to lawlessness, which leads to more lawlessness. So, let's follow that trail for a second. The Bible never specifically addresses masturbation, but... I think that if you look at principles surrounding the idea, you'll see that it's not what God intends. And this is the verse that truly helped me to see that what I was doing was wrong and helped me to change. Luke 6, 31, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the golden rule. When I was 15, 16, struggling with masturbation, I looked forward into my future and realized that if I was going to get married, I was going to have sex. What would it be like for me, if I walked into my hotel room where my wife was and we're about to have sex for the first time and then she goes into the bathroom and she's in there for, you know, 10 minutes and I'm just waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm so excited to have sex for the first time because it's a beautiful thing and I'm just so ready and then I go in there and I say, babe, what's taking so long? And she said, oh, babe, I just... I." I'm in the habit of masturbating, actually. Like, I don't know that I, I don't know that I need to be naked in front of you. That's kind of embarrassing. Um, I'm not, I'm not ready for that yet, but at least, at least I've felt the sexual release, right? That would not make me feel good. That is not doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. I did not want to establish that pattern in my life for that to be carried on into my marriage. There's no place for masturbation in a marriage there's no reason for masturbation in a marriage because you have a sexual partner and you're not supposed to deprive your sexual partner. That's Ephesians. Okay? So you're not supposed to deprive each other. So why would you form a habit that would cause you to uh, deprive your partner, which is in direct violation of God's law? That is the verse 
that I want to share with you guys. And I want you to think about that and think about how you would feel if your wife or your husband someday um, did that to you. So how do we fight against masturbation? Because I know that I've given you all the, um, I've given you all the background, the context, um, what helped me to stop, but that's not, that's not going to work for everybody. Maybe I hope it does, but it might not. Um, second Corinthians 10, four says this, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Masturbation is absolutely a stronghold. Those who have done it, those who are in the habit know that it's a stronghold, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You cannot fight masturbation with a fist. You have to fight it with the word of God. Ephesians 6, 17 describes the word of God as a sword. So the word of God, that's what I used. I used that Luke verse. I'm going to give you some more verses that could help you because this is so important. There are other ways to fight as well, and I'll get to that in a minute, but the first weapon that you need to know about is the word of God. So Job 31, verse 9 through 12, this is the first one. And these these verses I memorized. I memorized these verses and every time I would have a thought like, oh man, I really need to masturbate. I would quote these to myself in my head. And I so, so encourage you doing that because it is a direct replacement. It is a substitution for thought patterns. It's a substitution for your thoughts. All right. So every time one comes in, one negative one comes in, you replace it with this Bible verse. So Job 31, 9 through 12. If my heart has been enticed toward a woman and I have lain in wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife grind for another and let others bow down on her. How's that for a picture? For that would be a heinous crime. For that would be an iniquity to be punished by the judges. For that would be a fire that consumes as far as Abaddon and it would burn to the root of all my increase. So for anyone who doesn't know, Abaddon is hell. Okay, it's another word for hell. So to to look at a woman would be a fire that consumes as far down as hell. That is how harshly God deals with sexual impropriety. All right, now this is talking about looking at another woman. This is talking about lust with the eye. However, lust with the eye is just as bad as adultery. That's what Jesus said. He said, if you look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. I would assume I'm in the minority of people who masturbate without fantasizing, but I still stopped. I still saw that it was wrong. But if you are looking at women and that is what is causing you to masturbate, whether through pornography or just through daily life, this is a verse for you. Okay. You have to know this. It's a fire that consumes as far as Abaddon. It would burn the root of all your increase. It's a big deal. Psalm 101, two through four, I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. So this verse is just talking about purity. This verse is talking about setting boundaries for yourself, not setting anything before your eyes that could cause you to lust, or, or stir up those desires within you. It talks about walking with integrity of heart within your house, right? You have the ability, whether whether you are a homeowner literally, or um, you're just a young teen living in your bedroom, you have the authority to make that space 
whatever you want it to be. And it can be a place where you serve the Lord and you walk in life, like Romans talks about, or you serve yourself and your and your members and your passions, and it leads to death. All right, you have that authority. Change the setup of your room. All right, if you're looking at pornography, do something about the computer. All right, shut it off or block the site. Um, if you're reading explicit books or magazines, get rid of them. They're not worth it. You have to create a new um, environment for you to thrive. And this doesn't have to be something that is painful. Just think of it as a revival in your spirit. It's a new habit, new pattern that you're establishing, and it can be fun. And the Lord will strengthen your hands to do it. And he will give you the joy knowing that you are now following what he wants you to do. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Guys, everybody deals with this in some form or fashion. Everybody deals with it. Okay, not just guys, not it's girls too. They have their own um, sexual issues that they deal with. We don't hear about them, but they, they do because we're all sinful. We're all fallen human beings. And so just know that God understands and he has provided a way of escape. Okay, so that when you are tempted, you don't have to give in. It's all about that verse that I just quoted from Psalm 101. Create a new space. Run away from the things that are tempting you because that might be the only way of escape. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So some of the ways that you might have to fight that temptation is you literally run out of your room or you call up a friend. You say, hey, I'm struggling with this and I've been struggling with it and I'm taking it to the Lord, but I'm not strong enough without a friend. I need you and I want to confide this to you. And, and if they are a good Christian who is uh, caring for your well-being and wants to be their brother's keeper, then they will help you. They will pray with you. They will keep you accountable. They will, um, they will send you text messages when you're, when you're at home alone at night, and they'll say, "Hey, how are you doing? You know, um, what are you doing? How have you changed this past week? Have you noticed any difference in how you're responding to these temptations?" And that is critical. That is critical. We guys do not like to uh, share our burdens with people most of the time. We do not like to ask for help. We do not like to look weak. We do not like to humble ourselves, frankly. And we have to do that. We have to be willing to do that because sometimes that's the only way. Those are the verses that I would I would memorize. I would cling to. I would um, just feed yourself. I would feed yourself on that. Man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Okay. These are, these are like tasty morsels that are it might not seem like it, but they are better than the thoughts that you're having because you know that those thoughts don't satisfy. Another way that you can fight against this um, is through fasting. And fasting is the intentional um, abstaining from food for a certain period of time. And it is one of the most difficult, um, least attractive of the spiritual disciplines it's a very hard thing to do, but what it's doing is that it is training your body 
and your mind and your spirit to resist temptations of all kinds. It's teaching you how to resist just your flesh and what your flesh wants because your flesh wants that food and it wants to eat and it wants to gorge itself. It wants to get more than it needs, right? That's the principle behind um, behind masturbation is that you want more than you need. If you needed uh, sex, God, God would have given you a wife right off the bat, okay? As once I stopped masturbating when I was, I don't remember, 16 or 17, I didn't have another sexual experience until I got married. Not that's just that's just how it went. I, I didn't for about three years. I didn't have sex or anything. And so it's not a it's not a um, it's not something you can't do without. So fasting, fasting. Um, if you've never fasted before, especially if you're young, like under under 15, I would not recommend going for more than a day. Um, there's scientific reason not to because your body is still growing, but maybe just skip one meal, maybe skip two meals. If you're a little bit older, maybe skip three meals. Um, I, I've gone for two days before fasting just to try to get closer to God. And so that is one way that you can test yourself, but know that when you do all these things, when you memorize these verses and you contemplate them and you get them into your system, that you are pleasing God and that you are um, you are giving your members over to righteousness. You are pursuing faith, love, and good works. And guys, I am so glad that I got to share that with you today. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. I pray that you guys will um, start to be able to fight against this because if if you just listen to this and you don't take any of this advice, it's it's worthless. And this time that I've spent here is worthless. So please don't make the time that I've spent here worthless. I pray that you would just do these things. So guys, I hope that you have been strengthened. I am so excited to leave a comment on what you want me to talk on next. This has been good. I'll see you next time. All right.